Welcome to Retirement Is Within Reach. My name is Jerry Doherty. I own and operate a retirement planning firm in Westboro, Massachusetts, about 30 minutes west of Boston. And for the past 10 years, I've hosted a daily, yes, I said daily, radio program on a Massachusetts 50,000-watt radio station, WCRN. My show airs Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. to noon. That's Eastern Time, of course. And if you'd ever like to tune in, just say, Alexa, play WCRN. Well, I'm very happy that you stopped by today. If you're close to retiring or perhaps recently retired, I assure you the time you spend with me will be time very well spent. This podcast is heard on all the major outlets, Apple, Google, Spotify, Android, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the other ones as well. We are wherever you are. So in the next 30 minutes or so, for most of you, you'll gain more knowledge about the retirement planning process than you might have learned thus far in your entire life. And if you continue to listen to this podcast week after week, it will change your life by making your retirement better than you might currently think is possible. Remember, knowledge is power, but employing that knowledge, putting that knowledge into practical application is most powerful of all. You know, our goal is to help retirees, people just like you listening to me right now, understand complex retirement topics, explaining them in simple, understandable terms, not couched in a lot of heavy math. So I hope you'll enjoy today's podcast and tune in again next week. But let me begin this maiden show by giving you a little context on me and how I can help you. In 1963, a newly elected President Kennedy stood at the Berlin Wall and he spoke the infamous words. President Kennedy spoke those words to express his solidarity with and understanding of all citizens of Berlin, their unique circumstances and their unique condition. The vast majority of my clients are standing at retirement's doorstep. They worked hard for many years They made financial sacrifices for the well-being of their families, and somehow, through all of that, they also managed to save money for retirement. They are baby boomers, born 1946 to 1964, and they were influenced by unique generational experiences that can't be explained or perhaps even understood by non-baby boomers. Baby boomers' attitudes are tempered by an unpopular war, a rock and roll rebellion, the quest for world peace, a set of new social norms, and gender equality. Baby boomers set the tone for a national transition which was shaped and created by their generation, by their generation alone. I was born during the second half of the baby boomer generation. I was the next to last out of six children, and my older siblings influenced me greatly. One of my earliest childhood memories took place in 1963. I saw expressions of distraught on my parents' faces as they read a newspaper headline, front page story titled, President Assassinated. To this day, I can still see the accompanying picture, a pleasant portrait of a youthful President Kennedy smiling. Then only five short years later in 1968, I remember my parents discussing the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy history repeating itself. In the middle of a televised war, I can remember listening to LBJ's famous words, if nominated, I will not accept, if elected, 
I will not serve. It was a turbulent chapter in American history. Yet despite it all, the children of our generation, baby boomers, lived very happy childhoods. When I was young, virtually every day, I'd ride my bicycle to explore the different neighborhoods in the town that I grew up in. There were no cell phones, and when my mother needed me home, she would simply call the home of a neighbor or two. Everyone knew each other. Pop culture was evolving, too. I have memories of Beaver Cleaver, Sergeant Saunders, Herman Munster, and, of course, Marsha Brady. All of this and much more formed a generational experience known only to baby boomers. You know, there's a new reality that each generation creates. Then the next generation comes along and forms their own new reality, each as unique as the last. In my retirement planning practice, and I meet with my clients, both of us being baby boomers, my experiences are their experiences too. But far beyond the experiences that tempered our attitudes, there were economic events that shaped our views about money. Similar to the way that many of our parents were financially influenced by the years following the Great Depression, baby boomers' financial attitudes were shaped by their economy. In 1973 to 1974, the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell by 36%. Now, whether a baby boomer was old enough to drive or not, we all remember waiting in line to get gasoline based upon our even or odd license plate numbers. We remember President Ford's win buttons, whip inflation now. We remember buying our first homes at 18% interest rates and being told that interest rates would never be in single digits again. Today, baby boomer retirees long for those 10% plus certificates of deposit, a cure to concern over market volatility. Baby boomers remember the election of President Reagan and America feeling good about herself again for the first time in a long time. We remember starting our first jobs and being told that there was a pension benefit, then seeing those pension benefits stopped, replaced by 401k plans, which in retrospect, we now realize were built on unrealistic growth expectations. And those plans have left some of us with fewer retirement resources than we had once hoped for. Beginning in 2011, the first baby boomers began turning age 65 years old. On average, there will be 10,000 baby boomers turning age 65 years old each and every day, a trend that's going to continue all the way out to 2029. The first baby boomers to turn age 65 did so only two years after the 2008 to 2009 market crash, a period of time when the Dow Jones Industrial Average suffered a 52% decline its worst percentage decline since the Great Depression. Many baby boomers lost one half of their retirement savings. The big but sad joke was that their 401k had been turned into a 201k. And as a result, some baby boomers entered their golden years needing to work out of necessity to generate additional income. Others did indeed retire despite the losses, but in a lifestyle that was much different than they had once envisioned for themselves and for their families. Baby boomers are indeed unique, and by choosing to work with a financial service professional who is also a baby boomer, you'll have someone who, whose own experiences are your experiences. Again, paraphrasing President Kennedy, I am a baby boomer. And let me tell you a little bit about my personal journey. 
In January of 1986, I began a career in the financial services industry. I began as a representative for a company building and servicing a clientele. I worked with people like you, consumers. I met you at your office, and I met you in your homes. I met you when your families were young, and over the past three-plus decades, I've watched your families grow. I know you, and I understand what makes the consumer tick. In the 1990s, though, my career shifted more into the management end of the financial services industry. And although I always maintained a personal client base, my primary responsibilities at that time shifted more to corporate duties. In my corporate life, I'd been a vice president, a senior vice president, a general agent, a managing partner. I've worked for medium-sized organizations as well as multinational organizations. And as a result of this experience, I also understand what makes companies tick. I've worked on both sides of the financial service industry. My work experience has given me a firsthand, very unique knowledge of how at times consumers and products are misaligned. How corporate revenue goals, how companies make their money, can often conflict with what's in the consumer's best interest. My experience has shown me that the client-product misalignment and conflict is especially pronounced at the moment of retirement, when too often people standing at retirement's doorstep are positioned in the wrong products. Maybe that describes you. Products that expose their hard-fought retirement nest egg to too much risk. Then inevitably, something happens, something goes wrong that causes losses, and the quality of their golden years is jeopardized. It could be an economic downturn, or it could be an unexpected geopolitical event. Previously, both have caused market losses. When that happens, the nest egg that it took you 40 years to accumulate from roughly the ages of 25 to 65 years old can be wiped out in a matter of months or a matter of a few short years. So my personal crusade, as well as my obligation to clients, is to make sure that I use strategies and products that are in my client's best interest. I've always put the best interest of my clients first, but in order to do that, I need to be objective relative to product selection. I must be company agnostic. I can't have an ax to grind by working for just one company, accessing just one proprietary product suite. I am an objective retirement planner, and I need to match the right product with the right client. And as a word of caution, beware of financial service representatives who do only work for just one company. Although each financial service company does indeed have its strengths, no one company can be all things to all people. It's like anything else in life. Everything has its strengths and everything has its weaknesses. My firm is called Boston Independence Group, and we provide the best product for the client's unique circumstances. We act in the client's best interest as a fiduciary. So I began this podcast, Retirement is Within Reach, and again, we're heard on all the major outlets. So I hope that you'll join us, and together, we can help you retire. And let's spend a few minutes talking about your journey to and through retirement. In a way, it's really your journey to and through life. And sometimes, in order to get a better perspective on things, sometimes it's helpful to step away for a minute and think about things in a different context. And one of the great metaphors for describing life is the imagery of a mountain. 
So if you close your eyes just for a minute as you're listening to me, unless, of course, you're driving your car, and if you picture a mountain in your mind's eye, as you know and hopefully you see, a mountain has an upside that leads to the top of the mountain to the summit. And, of course, a mountain has a downside, a pathway leading you off the summit safely back to the base of the mountain. Can everyone envision that? Just a beautiful mountain, maybe with a little snow on the summit, framed against a brilliant blue sky. Can you see that? I bet that most of you can. Well, in 1953, Edmund Hillary became the first confirmed climber to reach the top of Mount Everest, the world's highest mountain. Everest stands 29,029 feet above sea level. It's a giant that dominates the Nepal countryside. Hillary's 1953 conquest was so extraordinary that he was knighted by the Queen, and he'll forever be remembered as Sir Edmund Hillary. But did you know that it is widely believed that Sir Edmund Hillary may not have been the first climber to reach the top of Mount Everest? In 1924, roughly 30 years before Edmund Hillary's conquest, it's believed that a young fellow Englishman by the name of George Mallory actually reached the top of Mount Everest. A witness claims to have seen Mallory just 800 feet from the top of the mountain. But that was the last confirmed sighting of Mallory. After that, his fate became less clear, and it remained that way for the next 75 years until 1999, when Mallory's remains were officially located frozen in the mountain snow cover. Now, piecing together Mallory's story, it is very probable that he did indeed reach the top of Everest, but he met his demise on the way back down the mountain. You see, in mountain climbing, there are more people who are killed on the descent of the mountain than on the ascent. In mountain climbing, getting to the top of the mountain proves to be the easier part of the journey, reaching the summit. But getting back down from the summit, getting off the mountain safely, not falling victim to the many perils of the descent, is the far harder part of the, of the journey in mountain climbing. In fact, according to the publication Scientific American, of the 212 deaths that occurred on Mount Everest between 1924 and 2006, 192 of them, that's 90%, are attributed to climbers who are on the mountain's descent. So it is indeed entirely possible that poor George Mallory was the first climber to make it to the top of Mount Everest. But because he was killed on the descent, he was never able to bask in the limelight of his great accomplishment. You see, the difference between Sir Edmund Hillary and young George Mallory was not determined by the mountain's ascent, the climb to the top, they both likely reached the top. They both accomplished the same goal. Rather, the difference between them was determined on the mountain's descent. Hillary made it back down safely, and he lived to be recognized for his accomplishment. Whereas Mallory didn't live, and his frozen corpse remained a part of the Everest mystique for a full 75 years until they were discovered. So why am I telling you this? How does any of this relate to your retirement? Are there any retirement lessons to be learned from Hillary and Mallory's Everest adventures? You bet that there are. As you think about your retirement journey, think about it this way, as if it were a journey up and down a mountain. So let's bring that imagery of a mountain back into your mind's eye for a moment. Look at it this way. When you're ascending the mountain, when you're on the upward climb, you're in the accumulation stage of your life. Now, at the base of the mountain, When you were in your 20s or perhaps your early 30s, you were just beginning your career. You were just beginning to save money for retirement. 
but you had a long way to go, 30 or 40 years until you reached the top of the mountain that represents retirement. Then as time passed, you entered your 40s, and you began to save a degree of money for retirement, but you were still only halfway up the mountain. You still had another 20 years to go ahead of you until you reached the summit. Then one day, all of a sudden you wake up, and in the blink of an eye, 40 years have passed. And you find yourself in your 60s, and you're standing at the top of the mountain with retirement at hand. You've accumulated all of the retirement assets that you're going to accumulate, and it's typically a finite, a limited amount of assets. But the reality is, is you've only completed one half of the journey. You've reached the top of the mountain. You've reached the summit. And as difficult as it was to make it to this point, especially after all the sacrifices that you probably made to grow your retirement nest egg, the ascent, the first half of the journey, is going to prove to be the easier part of your retirement journey. It's like Winston Churchill once said, it's the end of the beginning. There's a whole other part of the journey that's about to begin. It's the second half. It's the descent off the top of the mountain. And this is called the distribution stage of your life. And in the distribution stage, it's all about taking the assets that it's taken you a lifetime to accumulate and turning them into retirement income that is maximized. Balance against ensuring that income lasts for your whole life, no matter how long you live. So take a minute and ask yourself, where am I on the mountain? If you answer, Jerry, I'm standing at the top of the mountain, ready to retire, ready to make my descent, then I want you to stay with this podcast week after week. You'll want to hear the rest of the story. But if you're very far from the top of the mountain with decades of time ahead of you, I give you my permission to open your eyes, resume driving. Hopefully you're okay. All right, so if you're still with me, I'm going to assume that you're at the top of the mountain. So let's get back to business here. And let me start by saying, and please understand one thing, as difficult as climbing to the top of the retirement mountain may have been, getting off the mountain safely is going to prove to be even more difficult. And it's wrought with many more perils, perils that hold the potential to devastate your golden years. But now you know what to expect. And by knowing this one thing alone, believe it or not, you are already leaps and bounds ahead of your peers, ahead of other people just like you who are ready to retire. People who might have accumulated the same amount of retirement savings that you have, but now they're ill-equipped to make the descent from the top of the mountain into a comfortable retirement. By not knowing this information, some of your peers are poised to be George Mallory's. And of course, by you knowing this, you can now avoid meeting George Mallory's fate. All of us, I would assume, would prefer to be more like Sir Edmund Hillary, enjoying the success of our accomplishment, enjoying the fruits of your lifetime of saving during your golden years. So mountain climbing is actually a lot like planning for retirement. However, most retirees, and for that matter, many financial professionals, focus almost all of their attention on the climb up the mountain. They try to figure out the best ways to invest and accumulate money for the day that they reach the summit. And most people spend very little time thinking about the second half of the journey, their descent from the top of the mountain through their golden years, how to get off the mountain safely. You know, it's actually rather ironic. After years of faithful saving and investing, most people have no real plan for how to wisely use their nest egg to ensure that it provides income that will last throughout their whole retirement. 
to make sure that they safely descend the mountain's rough terrain. Well, this is where I come in. I'm, I'm very specialized. We help people get down from the top of the mountain. At my company, we've been up and down the mountain a thousand times. We know the terrain very well. Most importantly, we know how to guide retirees safe back down from the top of the mountain, which is a part of the journey where you're going to be living off the assets that it took you a lifetime to accumulate. Think about my role this way. It's very specialized. If you visited your general practitioner, your doctor, for, say, an annual physical, your doctor discover, he might discover that you had a shoulder problem. Well, if he did, he would likely refer you to an orthopedic doctor. Your GP wouldn't operate on your shoulder. Only a specialist would. Well, similar to being a specialized doctor, my practice is a specialized practice. We help people who are at the top of the mountain get off the mountain safely. All we do is retirement planning. We focus on strategies that protect your descent. You see, just like in mountain climbing, we can help you avoid the crevices and the dangers of the mountain's descent, and we can help you stick to a course that gets you safely through your golden years. So who would you prefer to be, Sir Edmund Hillary or young George Mallory? Well, obviously, I think we'd all prefer to be Sir Edmund Hillary. But I do often wonder if Hillary's success was a result of his understanding where Mallory made his fatal mistake on the descent from the top of the mountain. And perhaps, just perhaps, learning the lessons of Mallory's journey, Hillary himself was better prepared for his own descent from the top of the mountain. So have you learned anything this morning? Will you too learn from Mallory's mistakes? Will you now better prepare yourself for a retirement strategy that brings you safely through your golden years. My company is called Boston Independence Group. We're a Massachusetts incorporated retirement firm. Our main telephone number is 877-772-1776. Again, that number is 877-772-1776. You can also visit me on the web at bostonindependencegroup.com. Great site to bookmark, loaded with tons of helpful advice, but a variety of important topics that every retiree needs to know. And it's there, too, that you can download a free chapter of my book that's titled Uncomplicated Money and is available on Amazon.com. My book also has a Kindle version, all available on Amazon. So if you'd like to reach me, just either dial 877-772-1776 or visit my website, bostonindependencegroup.com, and drop me a short note. You've been listening to Jerry Doherty on the Retirement Is Within Reach podcast. I hope to see you again next week.